All right, well, I'm doing something I've never done before, an episode repost, but with really good reason because Tia Claire Toomey is crowned once again CrossFit's fittest woman on earth. Wow. What an amazing weekend watching her performance. I'm so excited for her. And so I felt like it was only appropriate to repost her episode from earlier this year. I'm going to keep this intro short, but if you don't know anything about CrossFit or Tia Claire, she is the three-time now fittest woman on earth. She's from Australia. And the craziest thing about her is that she went from pretty much not working out at all to in a very short amount of time being such an excellent, outrageously fantastic, I can't say enough good adjectives here, athlete. She's an Olympian. She's an all-around sweetheart. We had the opportunity to record this earlier this year at the Reebok CrossFit Athlete Summit. And uh, I just feel really lucky to have had the opportunity to sit down with her. As always, a huge shout out to my sponsor, Athletic Greens. My morning is not complete until I shake up the greens powder with about 10 to 12 ounces of water. It's got adaptogens, superfoods, prebiotics, probiotics, everything I need to start my day off right. They are offering Hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 20 travel packs, a $79 value, absolutely free with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to grab yours today. I'm amped for this one, guys. Again, at Emily Abadi, at Hurdle Podcast. If you weren't following along this weekend, go do yourself a favor, head onto YouTube, watch some recaps. They're gonna blow your mind. This woman is a machine. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting here with Tia Claire Toomey. She is the fittest woman on earth. Does that ever get old? No. (laughs) No, it's every time someone says that, it's still something that's like, oh, wow, that's that's really cool. It's kind of crazy that CrossFit came up with that for like the title of the person that wins the CrossFit Games. Okay. So I feel like there's a little background to provide here for my listener. Tia is an excellent CrossFitter. And in CrossFit, every year, there are the CrossFit Games, and they take place over the summer months. Mm-hmm. And when you come in first place, you win this super stellar title. Yeah. The fittest woman on earth. It's pretty cool, hey? Yeah. It's rad. <laughs> There's also the fittest man on earth, but I today am lucky enough to be sitting with this lady. So before uh, we get going here, I want to like do like some baseball card stats. So, yeah. Okay. Let's do some max lift stats. Deadlift. 415, I believe, which was at the games. Heaviest squat. You would think that I actually would know these like off by heart, but the amount of times I actually try and work up to like a 1RM is very rarely. RM in CrossFit speak is rep max. Yes, rep max, (laughs) a PB, sorry, personal best. I think it was around the 160 kilograms. So I don't know what that is in pounds. I should probably just have opened up a conversion chart for this year. (laughs) Okay. Um, What about snatch? We we got a squat snatch or a power snatch, Um, (laughs) just to be precise. No, I'm into this. No, no, no. Um, So my snatch would be 205, I think, in pounds. Okay, okay. I'm like randomly pulling out these numbers, but I'm not even sure if they're the right one. (laughs) You're doing – 
Excellent. Max pull-ups. 65? They need to update the CrossFit website. Oh, really? It says 50. Wow. (laughs) And, okay, last thing. Mm -hmm. How fast can you sprint 400 meters? I think I'd like to say around the one minute. Wow. And that's a quarter of a mile for you guys at Mm -hmm. home. That's that's pretty incredible. Okay, so those are just some benchmarks for being this fit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I try. (laughs) So you won the CrossFit Games this past year. You've been competing as a CrossFit athlete now for four years. Yeah. How's that been? It's been a whirlwind. It was something that I never even expected or anticipated. I got into CrossFit purely just to build my fitness for a different sport. And at the time, that was track and field. And when I started CrossFit, you know, I really enjoyed the challenges it provided every training session and the community and camaraderie that it provided. But I I never thought that I would be competing on a world stage and also being the best in the world, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean – and every time we say this, I kind of like get chills talking yeah, about it. No, <laughs> You're like, I'm same. <laughs> okay, so let's rewind it back. So you mm-hmm. said track and field. Yeah. Did you grow up being really athletic back at home? Yeah. So every day I would be doing a different sport. Mom and dad, they were um, very encouraging in, you know, taking me after school to different types of um, training sessions. So I would do tennis, I would play netball, which is a, more more of the commonwealth countries know what netball is uh i would play football nippers there was a nippers is like a surf life-saving kind of sport that we have um, back home in australia which is a a lot of fun uh what else did i do i did swimming cross country um, wow everything I, i did so much like if there was a sport that I could get involved in, like mum and dad were very supportive and, you know, had me there uh, every day. So like that was something that I think made me who I am today and and that's why I'm so sporty and, and very competitive. Yeah, totally. I mean, and growing up with this much love for athleticism, yeah. you know, when I was younger – I dreamed of being a journalist, which man, like talk about some like <laughs> I could have dreamed to be so many things, but I dreamed of moving to New York and writing articles yeah, like I do now. Really cool. Were you dreaming of becoming this stellar athlete? I do remember when when you grow up, all you think is like the pinnacle of our, you know, the sporting careers is going to the Olympics or you know, f- in certain sports, it may be like the the world championships in specific sports. I know that the Olympics isn't the pinnacle for every single sport. But for me, like I was really focused on running and I was good at it. And my dad helped train me and take my training to another level, which was also very special because it was, you know, something that we could do together. And I was like, well, the pinnacle of that would be going to the Olympics. So I want to go to the Olympics for uh, eight or 400 meter hurdles. So that was something that I grew up dreaming about. And it like, I mean, 
I look back at it and think, well, it's not crazy to have these dreams. Like, it's actually pretty incredible. I think what's even more crazy about this now in retrospect is that you have been to the Olympics, yeah. but not for track and field. So talk no, to me just a little bit about that. Different. As I got older and school became a little more important, I had to make sure that, you know, I was getting the right grades because I needed to focus on that you know, building that career and and getting the right OP, which is, you know, you need a specific score in order to get into a university degree um, back home in Australia. And so for me, that was definitely a high priority because my mom and dad put a lot of money into my se- secondary school. And through that, I, I kind of put my sporting yeah, interests on a hold. I still did them but I wasn't fully involved because I wanted to really focus on, you know, getting the right grades in, in secondary school. And so that dream of going to the Olympics, as much as I still wanted to do that, I kind of felt like it just wasn't going to happen because I knew how much work you needed to do in order to go there. Yeah. But I also was being thinking and, and kind of hearing from other people like, no, you know, you need to go out and get a good career and, and create an income for yourself so you can support yourself. And this is the right way of going and getting a university degree. And so that's what I thought was probably the best decision to take. And that's no one's fault. It's just that that's, in my eyes, I was like, oh, that's probably the better option. Whereas my passion for the Olympics is probably like, I just didn't see it you know, earning me the income that I needed to to live a, you know, long and successful life. Right. And so I just left that on the back burner and went to uni and kind of fell into a bit of a rut and didn't really exercise, didn't do anything, to be honest. When you say a little bit of a rut, like what did that entail? Well, I actually was at boarding school and when I went to university, I moved away from my family to go to this uh, university in Brisbane, which is, it was like one of the major universities. And I had to obviously really focus on studying and everything, but I just didn't pick the right degree for me. So my interest and passion just wasn't there. And I think that when your heart isn't fully in something, you kind of do it half-hearted and then you find all these excuses on why you don't want to study for that exam or you don't want to put in the hard work and and you know get that A plus on on your assignment and for me i i actually just started eating rubbish food i wasn't healthy i i mean i wasn't exercising so i wasn't stimulating the brain as well and i was just watching tv so Really, I was just getting into this slump of just being such a homebody and not really socializing with the people that I loved being around and also doing the things that I really enjoyed and made me the person I am. So I I definitely changed and I kind of felt like I was just wasting life. And I don't ever want to have a go at other people because like that may be certain things that they want to do in their life. But for me personally, that's just not who I was. I was always someone that was outdoors, very active and very social with my friends and family. And and I just wasn't being like that. 
So that was something that I look back at and think, oh, wow, like that was interesting. I didn't realize it at the time, but now I can see just how much that affected me where I wasn't following what I wanted to do and I was doing what I thought was the right decision. How did you even go about pulling yourself out of that rut? Because I'm assuming you had to spend a certain amount of time or you were supposed to anyway, spend a certain amount of time going through the motions of taking all of these courses. Yeah. So I definitely didn't want to waste the money that we were spending. And when I say we, my parents were helping me support that. So I didn't want to waste their money. But when it came to the six-month mark, every month like you would, you know, put on a certain, like take on another uh, subject or whatever. And I, I was like, no, no, no. Like when it gets hard, like don't just give up. So I wrote it out for like six months and then I still felt like I just wasn't enjoying it and I was wasting my parents' money really. And so I put it on hold so that, you know, maybe in five years' time when I've kind of grown up a little bit and I know what I want to do and I'm maybe more motivated and I'm in a better headspace, I can come back and revisit that. And that wasn't, that six months wasn't a waste. But, you know, I can just put that on hold and go and just try and figure out, you know, who I am as a person as well. Because I just graduated from school. I'm, you know, a young adult that had no idea what she wanted to do with her life. And, you know, I'm also trying to figure out who I was as a person as well. I think it's tough because even, you know, in America, when you get to college at 18 and they say to you, all right, right now you have to pick what you think you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. And there's so much pressure on that. So much pressure. And what what like places any 18-year-old in to be like, I know exactly what I want to do when I'm 37? But like some kids do, which is amazing. Yeah. But the people that don't, I mean, for me, I I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I I was like, man, am I am I not doing it right? Like, is there something wrong with me? Because personally I was like everyone has everything together and they they know what they want to do but like I just don't want to make the bad choice but you have to kind of live and learn and obviously as life goes on you kind of learn that and you realize that hey this may not go as planned but what if it actually does like what if it goes you know above and beyond your expectations and takes you to a whole nother world. And that I guess that's what happened with CrossFit. Right. Okay. So you – do you move back home? I never moved back home. No. Okay. So I, I actually – I moved out of home in grade 10. And I went to boarding school for my last two years uh, just because where we lived, it was a lot more rural. So, you know, to to make sure that I was getting that good education, mom and dad sent me to a boarding school. And then from there, I went to uni. But f- I stayed in Brisbane for the university degrees. And from there, that's Shane and I, uh, who's my husband at the time, he was my boyfriend. We'd been dating since high school. and he was working on the other side of the country in Western Australia. So he decided to leave his job and actually get relocated to a different place on the east coast of Australia in a town called Gladstone. And so we moved. I I deferred university in Brisbane 
and we both moved our house up to uh, Gladstone and then it wasn't that's pretty much like I I don't look at it as like I was running away from my problems but it was a different opportunity and I looked at that as like okay like this is going to be a fresh start I can just try and figure out who I am and what I want to do and as well you know Shane and I, we get to actually live together and stop doing long distance, which is obviously really nice. Yeah. At the time, I actually got a job as a dental assistant. I did that for about 18 months and I really enjoyed that because I do enjoy the health industry. So that was very different. What a random I know, fun fact it was about so, you. <laughs> so random. So, you know, I know about so many people's teeth. Um <laughs> But then like that just still wasn't fulfilling. Yeah. But in that time, I actually started running and I started being a lot more energetic and I kind of starting to get my mojo back a little bit. But then I decided that, hey, you know, like I'm, I really want to make some money so that Shane and I can go traveling more regularly. And he was working for a mining company called Rio Tinto and there was a job coming up in the lab. And so I actually applied for that and due to my personality, I I got that job, which was just, I I couldn't believe it actually because there was a lot of people with so much experience in the lab that was going for that job. And for me, for someone that's never had any experience in a laboratory in a major company, I was like, wow, like, man, I, I must have had done a good interview, you know? So that was interesting I was like all right well you know like I'm starting to build something here and I'm starting to kind of get out of my rut a little bit I'm eventually going to be earning a decent amount of money I'm in a secure job and Shane and I we can save up and and maybe go traveling a little bit more and and who knows where this you know lavatory job is going to take me and so in that time I started realizing that I wanted to take up track a little bit more as well. So I needed to build my fitness because that was like two years off the track and, you know, I'd put on a little bit of weight and I definitely wasn't as fit as what I was. So I was like, I need to build my fitness. And Shane at the time was playing football and he was going to this CrossFit gym in the preseason and was like, hey, I think Tia would like this. And was like, hey, like you should really come to one of the classes here because I think that this training at at this gym would really help and benefit your your track uh, training. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a go. I was going to ask, were you at all resistant to that? I feel like sometimes, especially when you're a runner, you just love running. Yeah. And someone's like, let's go lift these weights. And you're like, oh, do we have to? I've always appreciated the variety of what swimming can do to my fitness to benefit my running, what a bit of weight training can do to build that power to help with my speed and running. So I wasn't I wasn't uh, opposed to the idea, but I definitely was had that little bit of an ego like, hey, I'm already fit. <laughs> and, you know, like whatever you guys are doing there, like I can do that. What about lifting heavy weights? 
And I think that's just another thing. I mean, talk about things yeah. that as you're the fittest woman on earth, like things that a lot of women stand back from mm-hmm. are like going anywhere near weight plates or even like thinking that they should be in that arena. Well, I'm a person that if someone says I can't do it, like I'm going to prove to them that I can. It was an interesting thing because the day that I went there and did my first class, I did not like the coach and I walked out of the class like, no, this is just not for me. I enjoyed it, but I just didn't like how the coach directed and and didn't allow me. It was actually handstand push-ups. And I was like, I will go upside down and try that because I've never, ever seen that before, but he wouldn't allow that. And obviously now after understanding, you know, the skill and everything that's required for that, I appreciate what he was trying to do. (laughs) But no, I, I had an ego back then where I thought that because I run track, I was fit enough and I was very capable of it that, yeah, I just had that. No, like I don't need this. So why'd you go back? Well, I kind of felt obligated because the owner of the gym, he was a very nice person and we would bump into him at the local grocery store and he'd be like, oh, hey, Tia, you know, when are you coming back to the gym? And I was always like, oh, soon, mate, you know. (laughs) It was awkward. So it was like the third time we bumped into him. I was like, man, I keep telling him that I'm going to come back. And I just have to bite the bullet and do it. And I'd already used up my like one free trial. So I had to sign up for like a month. And so I obviously like I put money into that and I wasn't going to waste that. So I would go twice a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Because because of my job, it was a shift work. So I had five days of work and then five days off. So on those five days off, like I would just train all the time. It, it was just because it was so enjoyable, you know. Like I mean, I could run with my dogs as well. Like it was, just, I could just do so much. And yeah, I was really utilizing that whole month. And by the end of it, I was like, wow, like this is so much fun. And like I've created so many friends through this. So that was definitely something that I was like, wow, like I'm so pleased that I came back to this. But I never had any intention to compete in CrossFit. I didn't even know there was a thing called CrossFit Games. Um, and, I mean, I I was light. I, I could do the body weight movements well, but it was always, like, very strict. So, you know, the burpees, they're a little more – there's a m- motion to the burpees. Mine were always very strict. The pull-ups, they had this kipping style. Mine were always strict, and I, I found it very hard to – I guess, pick up on the momentum or or using momentum throughout these movements through CrossFit because in my head I was like, no, that's cheating. Like you have to do it strict because that's just the way it goes and these people are cheating. But by the end of it I realized, well, hang on, like these guys are doing workouts with like a 100 pull-ups, like they have to create momentum and, you know, like it, it was just all like all these things were going in my head that like I was kind of fighting how much I loved it, but like still not allowing it to break through and be like, no, Tia, just embrace it and just go with the flow. And I think what's so great that you pointed out about CrossFit is obviously that amount of camaraderie. Yeah. 
Uh, it's something that keeps everyone from newbies to, you know, people of your caliber yeah. walking into the box, which is what CrossFitters call the gym mm -hmm. day in and day out. I mean, obviously you're still doing it. What is yeah. this, six years later now? Yeah, it will be. It will be six years, which is crazy because uh, a few months had passed and as I was getting into CrossFit, like weightlifting was a huge weakness of mine. Like I could never wrap my head around a snatch and a clean and jerk. And that was something that Shane and I, we wanted to improve on and and kind of just understand the movement more. And once we started getting along that journey and realizing that the Olympics was a potential opportunity, like I just thought, okay, I'm just going to be in it for a year or two and then that's it. But it's like opened up a whole nother world. Quick break from today's episode to give my sponsor, Athletic Greens, a little bit of love. A listener tagged me in a post the other day of them drinking Athletic Greens and their comment to go with it was, wow, I cannot believe how good this tastes. I thought you were lying. I'm never lying. I would not lie to you. I mean it when I say I have never been a green juice person until I tried this stuff. It's got this refreshing taste. It's light with a little bit of sweetness. It doesn't taste chalky. I can't even really do it justice. I swear, you just have to try it. Plus, the whole 12 servings of fruits and vegetables thing, well, it's a pretty sweet deal. They're offering Hurdle listeners a special deal. It's 20 free travel packs, a $79 value with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to claim it. No code necessary. Again, go grab 20 free travel packs. It's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Let's get back to it. I think what's so insane, and I know we like hinted at this before, but we haven't really dove into the fact that you went to the Olympics, is mm -hmm. that you had a point where that wasn't even something that was on your radar. And you mm -hmm. had a point where you were a total beginner. And so many people every day don't even start something because they're like, well, I've never done it before. Yeah. Like, so there's been commentators that have said, oh, she's a weightlifter doing CrossFit. You know, she's gone to the Olympics and done all this. It's, I was like, no, I'm actually a CrossFit, CrossFitter doing weightlifting. And because if it wasn't for CrossFit, I would never have picked up weightlifting. And I know this sounds a little corny, but I kind of felt like weightlifting chose or picked me. And then, you know, my dream of going to the Olympics was fulfilled. Yes, it wasn't fulfilled through the track that I thought it was going to be, but I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to go to the Olympics. So of course I was going to dive in and put all my like work into weightlifting. What year it did you go to the Olympics? 2016. 2016. Yeah. And you had come in second place that year in the CrossFit Games. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot of work it in was, one year. It was two two weeks apart from each other. That was pretty full on. Yeah. Did yeah. you feel like the Games were good prep for the Olympics? I did. I don't think that they there was any jeopardization or whatever um, between the two. The hard part was actually – getting into the Olympics and being the one, like the only one from Australia to represent, you know, Australia at the Olympics for weightlifting. There was myself and then a male. 
from Australia because we only had one spot, uh, you know, for for males and for females. And just getting to that spot, that was what was so rewarding. And being at the Olympics was, it was just fun. And it was just like, wow, like this is incredible. But the CrossFit Games, it was so different. Like I was going in to see if I could, you know, back up my performance from the year before because that was it was just so shocking like I know it surprised the world but it surprised me too because I had no intention of podiuming at the CrossFit Games I was just so happy to be there what was it like the first time that you competed in the CrossFit Open and made it to the Games and when I ask you that I'd love it if you could just touch briefly on how that whole process works for someone who doesn't know so currently it's actually a little different, but a few years ago, well, actually last year and uh, prior to that, there is a procedure to make it to the CrossFit Games. So you have to go through at the start of the year from the last week of February through to uh, the end of March, you go through a five-week online qualifier called the CrossFit Open. And anyone in the world can sign up online and do it every week there is a different workout and you have all weekend to do the workout as many times as you want and then on Monday you get to upload it and you get put on a leaderboard the depending on which region you are so at the time I was in the Pacific region which was Australia New Zealand and Asia you had to make the top 30 in that region to go to regionals which was held in May and there was, you know, a number of regions all over the world. So there was one in Europe and there was a handful in the US. And you would go to this regionals and try and get into the top five in order to make it to the CrossFit Games. And then there was 40 men and 40 females that competed at the CrossFit Games in August. So there was like, you know, a few procedures that you had to go through in order to qualify. Um, but that's what created the the journey I guess yeah so like you qualified I qualified (laughs) so when I started the open in 2015 the year prior I went to regionals and I did not enjoy my experience I I enjoyed competing but I I just wasn't happy when I was there I didn't enjoy the camaraderie between the competitors and I know that sounds a, a bit crazy you know and a lot of people, they don't go to com- compete and create friends. But this was different. I just didn't enjoy it as much as what I thought I had. Because CrossFit for me was just, it was so much about being behind each other and, you know, just trying to be a better version of yourself. And I just didn't feel that. Right. So I had no intention of pursuing a, a CrossFit competitive career. It still blows my mind because like just to go back to this idea, like I never thought I would be a professional weightlifter. Like I never thought I was going to like CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I didn't like CrossFit for this time and this time and this time. And like to still be at this point, to stick with something, like it shows so much compassion for how you treat yourself. Yeah. Like being willing to give it so many tries. But I think it's also got a lot to do with the people that I surround myself with. Yeah. So the team that I have, my friends, my family, my husband, Shane, who who's my coach, and we literally do this as a, our profession now, that 
if it wasn't for them, like I wouldn't be where I am today. Right. And having their support has obviously made that journey so much more enjoyable. So we we own the gym. We actually ended up buying the gym that I started CrossFit in. Uh, I left my uh, laboratory job and it was halfway through the 2015 Open that I was I was in the middle of 15.3, that's what it was called, middle of that workout and I finished that workout and I walked out to Shane and I was like, Shane, we're going to the games. It, it was like this flick of a switch that happened. I don't even know what it was, but it was like this hunger that I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to give up yet. Like I'm actually going to go and give it a go. And I, you know, went to regionals, came third, secured my spot to the games. And I was just like, done it. Like, this is awesome. Like I, it was, I just did, had a different approach to it. And I didn't worry about what other people were doing. I was just solely focused on myself and and giving my absolute best to that. And then getting to the games was like, man, this is amazing. Like, I just want to be a part of this experience. And yeah, that's the same thing that happened with the the Olympics for sure. Yeah. And I think also what is so great here, not to spoil anything, it's public knowledge, but you mm-hmm. show up in 2015 and you come in second. I know. I, <laughs> I know. I You're telling know. me. I, we actually, the girls and I were talking about this earlier today and we're laughing about certain things. Like there was this workout that we kind of all got a little dehydrated in and you know, it was just one of those things that like, obviously at the time you just kind of like, whoa, like that was really hard. That was very brutal. But now we're laughing about it, you know, and and I'm hanging around my competitors, you know, just reminiscing. But we actually were laughing. Like, I remember during that workout, I was like, who is this lady? Like Tia Claire to me? What? I've never heard her before. I was like, I know. I was amazed too. <laughs> I remember I was at the games that year and just like watching everyone run oh, through wow, that yeah. heat. Yeah, it was pretty hot. It was pretty hard. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I mean, of not at the time, definitely not. But I look back and I I'm like, well, that that's what it was about, you know, the the unknown and unknowable. That's we signed up for this. So uh yeah, I I enjoyed every moment of it. And then you came back in 2016, you came back yes. in 2017. Yeah. And everything changes in 2017. It did. It was something about the 2016 games that throughout like throughout my whole journey, even when I was younger, like competing at, in CrossFit and all my, you know, sporting events back back in school, I I just was so happy to be involved in a very competitive environment. So like winning was not a priority for me and I never looked at it. I never looked at, you know, wanting to compete for a particular placing. It was to be a part of that and just to push myself as, as best as what I could. And the same, I ha- went in with the same mentality for the 2015, 2016 games because it was so new, I was just so happy to be there. Yeah. And then when I came second again, it just felt different to the first time. Like there was tears in both years. 2015, I was so ecstatic. I was like, 
oh my gosh, like, did this happen? Or am I like dreaming right now? Like, what happened? Like, surely they've stuffed something up with the scoring because I was not meant to be second. <laughs> yeah. And then 2016, I came second again. And I mean, that's that's no easy feat. Like, it was very, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of it. But it was just something like it just didn't sit right. And I was actually really broken. Like I felt like I hadn't done my absolute best. If I, I, if I could, like I could stand on that podium in second place knowing I'd done my absolute best, I would have been so proud of it. But knowing that if I look back throughout like my events on that weekend and I knew that there was certain places that I just gave points away or I, I'd just given up or, I, you know, I stopped at one particular moment to have a rest when I should have just kept going. I knew deep down that it wasn't my absolute best, so I wasn't happy. And then that stuck with me for the rest of the season. And I just I just went for it in 2017 and then came first. And, I mean, that win was just – it's something that, like, Shane and I hold tr- really deeply – and true to our heart. So it it was it's pretty cool to look back and, and kind of see that. Because at the time you don't realize it. Right, when you're in the thick of it. Yeah. I also think it it's just the most remarkable thing to be able to go to the games and place like you have so many times in a row. Like you said, mm-hmm. you broke it down how it has been in years past that anyone in the world can sign up for the CrossFit yeah. Open. And then they go through the open and then they qualify for regionals. And then you go from regionals and you go to the games. And four years in a row, mm-hmm. you were in the top two spots. I know. It's been pretty incredible. Yeah. When you think about uh, what goes hand in hand with this title, I mean, obviously, uh, great sponsors like Reebok. Yeah. Do you still pinch yourself sometimes that this is all happening? Oh, yeah. In 2015, I approached – who is now a very dear friend of mine, Andreas. He works for Reebok in Australia. And I approached him through an email. I was like, hi, Andreas, my name's Tia. You know, I I just, I'm starting to do CrossFit and going and representing Australia at the CrossFit Games for my very first year. I was wondering if, you know, I could get a few few shoes and, and clothes from Reebok. And, you know, he he's like, oh, like I just love how she just kind of emailed me. <laughs> and he all of a sudden I was sponsored by Reebok. I was like, oh, my gosh. So you're telling me I, I get free clothing now? <laughs> I was just over the moon. And, but the fact that Reebok had no idea who I was, this is before I even came second. So I wasn't like no one. They didn't care about that. It was more the fact that, hey, like I really, I see something in this girl. You know, she's gone out of her way, put herself out there, and I love that. Yeah. And like they they took a chance on me, and I haven't looked back. Haven't looked back. Okay, yeah. so right now on Instagram, live update, you have 887,000 people mm. that follow you. And they obviously, you know, they have their opinions of what they see every day. But when you look in the mirror, like, what is it that you see every day? That's actually a really good question. I've never really thought of that, to be honest. But I mean, I, I guess 
the way I look at it is, you know, when I'm done or, you know, out of this space or it's it's kind of like it's my time to retire, how do I want people to remember me by? And for me, it's it's actually about people remembering, I guess, my legacy and reminding themselves that, hey, you know, if you just take a chance and believe in yourself and get that fire in your belly, that determination deep down inside, if you believe in yourself, like anything is possible. So just go after it. And I think like if, if people can kind of look back on my journey and remember that and remind themselves that, hey, like it doesn't matter what you do. If, if, if you're someone that wants to be a journalist, right? If you're someone that wants to be a musician, like go for it. Like if you really want it, you will get it. You will be super successful at it too. It doesn't take someone special to to make that happen or or be very successful. It all it takes is that determination inside. And you know, I I hope that people can kind of look back on my journey and and feed off that energy and motivation and and realize that hey, like if Tia can do it, well, so can I. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like when you look at the mirror, you see someone that's being authentic to what they want. Yeah. Whereas maybe. Yeah. You know, after grade 12. No, like I was so unsure. I was I was afraid to take a chance. Totally. Yeah. I have to ask, you've obviously been on the podium for four years in a row. You've won for the past two. Yeah. What's on your radar? I mean, going to the CrossFit Games, I, I've secured my spot. I, I've done my job for now. Now it's literally training hard. Uh, I mean, I was, I was training before this. I'm going to go back and do some more training. <laughs> I like I I just want to go back to the CrossFit games and and you know do do my absolute best and I I hope my absolute best is enough to uh be on top of that podium because it's something that I know is very possible but there's just so many incredible athletes out there and I'm just so honored to actually be a part of that. Like I just can't wait to push myself and see how good we've really become since last year as well. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to. So the CrossFit Games is definitely on my radar for this year. And I try not to look too far ahead because, you know, I, I just need to stick to my one priorities and, and enjoy the ride. We are winding down here, but I do want to note that you have finally made the pilgrimage Oh yeah, to Tennessee. Yes, <laughs> which is very different than Australia. I moved to the south. Yeah, yeah. How's that going for you? It's amazing. I've actually been to Cookville. I've really? been to Rich's house. Wow. I went there on assignment for men's health last year, and I hung out yeah. with the team and yeah. Rich for forty-eight hours. Amazing people. Hey, so much fun. Yeah. Rich Froning, who was at one time the fittest man on earth, he is a legend in the CrossFit world, yeah. and. Uh, Cookville was something special. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen a snippet of the day in the life of him. Are you training? Uh, how many hours a day are you training? I guess it depends on the season. I Right now, I'd probably be training between four to six hours a day, um, probably resting every sixth to seventh day. 
and then that's just going to increase obviously as I get closer to competition and I'm in May there's a competition coming up called the Rogue Invitational it's the first one and it's actually going to be a pretty incredible event because they also have a category for CrossFit legends which is like all the veterans from like back in the day like before I even knew what CrossFit was they're going to come back from retirement and do some competing and and uh I'm really looking forward to that but I also am competing in a different category um so that's going to be a lot of fun it's a lot but of training every day it is a lot of training but it's a good thing I enjoy it right I feel like there's like all these last minute things I'm trying to squeeze in because I'm so curious. Like Sorry. I've got to know. No, it's cool. Like staples in your pantry. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, we're in America now, so there's peanut butter, <laughs> uh, and we're really enjoying the like the popcorn, the caramelized popcorn. Oh. Like, I mean, it's in Australia as well, but it's not as popular over over there than it is here. Are you super strict with what you eat? I like to have a balance. Yeah. I think that's probably the most simple way of explaining. I definitely like to eat clean foods. I work with a specific nutrition coach called The Method Now, and they help me out with counting my macros and making sure I'm fueling the body uh, with what it needs and how much it needs, just so that I'm built like improving my recovery and I'm not feeling fatigued and you know I'm, I'm getting the best out of, of my body. Um, sweets, but I, yeah, I love it. Like I love chocolate. I love going to the movies or the, the theaters or cinemas. You're like, what whatever you, you call them whatever here. You call them over <laughs> yeah. here. And just munching out on like your popcorn, your peanut M&Ms, you know, I love Tim Tams. So whenever someone comes over to, from Australia and visits, they always bring Tim Tams. And yeah, like, you know, I, I love to live. Balance. Yeah. I think balance is key. All right. Final question. Mm. You have an opportunity right now to offer the Tia who is going through it after grade 12, really feeling stuck at her hurdle moment, one piece of advice. Looking back on it right now, what do you tell her? I think, you know, there's so many things that obviously looking back now that I could be like, oh, you know, there was so many things that you weren't doing right to you. But I mean, if I'd never experienced that, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. So if I was to tell myself, you know, back in the day, it'd probably be, you know, like, what is it that you want out of your life? and what type of person do you want to be? Because I think that that would have kind of gotten rid of me filtering all the recommendations and thinking, oh, that's what I should do um, from outsiders. And I wouldn't probably been so confused and I probably wouldn't have gone and pursued a degree that I didn't really enjoy or wasn't passionate about. Um, but I mean, if I never experienced that, you know, who knows where I would have been. So I'm, you know, I, I've i lived and I've learned and I I don't actually have any regrets. 
Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Please take a moment to leave a quick review by clicking the link or the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Tia, where do they find you? How do they keep up with you? Give me the deets. Oof. Well, I mean, I have an Instagram account, uh, Tia Claire One. They can always, you know, see my journey on that. Uh, I actually have a book, How I Became the Fittest Woman on Earth. So casual, I've, casual book title. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty good book. It's a very easy book, and I've had some fantastic feedback. So, you know, if if you enjoy reading, um, definitely look that up. And I mean, I'm on Facebook. I'm I'm on <laughs> all social media. So yeah, they can they can reach me on on anything. I am at Emily Abadi. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.